I think this morning I just want to continue in the presence of God and go ahead and bring the word. Casey, it's your job to remind me to do an offering so I don't forget. We'll, kind of, we'll come back to that. Uh, but I think this, this song is perfect when it comes to just talking about perspective. We've been on a series of, of messages where we've been looking at perspective and how perspective can change things. And how when we start to look at things from a different angle, or we look at things through a different way, we can start to see things just differently, and, and they can speak to us. We talked about limitations and how so many times we avoid the limitations. But that limitation might be in your life because God wants to speak to you or show you something in your life. We talked about uh, greatness and what is greatness in the kingdom of God. What does it look like to be great in the kingdom of God? And, and really coming back to greatness is revealed through humility. Greatness is, is demonstrated through service. We talked about perspective. And, and, and God's perspective on things and, and the kingdom perspective. Last time I shared on forgiveness. The world, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You only got to forgive so much, whatever. But God's saying with the measure of forgiveness is the measure at which we forgive. There's something about perspective when it comes to forgiveness. You know, perspective is interesting in marriage. I don't know if anybody else realizes this. I can assure you, if there's a task and my wife and I go to do it together, we will do it opposite. Yesterday we were at the park. A task as simple as picking up a cooler full of water together. Do you know what we did? We were facing opposite directions when we picked it up off the ground. I mean, there's something about the way she sees things versus the way I see things. You know, we'll start to, to attack a, a problem or a project, and I'll have my way, and she'll have her way, and she'll start her way, and I'll start my way, and I'll get very frustrated. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Nine times out of ten, my way is, is the best, but there is... Once or twice where her way has been way better than mine. But anyway, there's something just about perspective. The way that things go. There was someone who called the last couple of weeks and, and they were having a problem at their house. Uh, their gutter had been clogged. And so they were asking for some help with clogging or getting their gutter back on. They had it off and they could get the clog out, but they just couldn't get that, the downspout back on the gutter. And so from the conversation, I perceived that they had been trying this for a while. They must have been desperate if they're calling pastor. Um, so, okay, I go over, and I walk over, climb the ladder, and, and, and they're, there, they're there helping me with the gutter, and they're holding the gutter. And I just lift the gutter up just a little bit and slide that downspout. And I heard this gasp or almost frustration, like, why didn't I think of that? And I think the way they were, they were trying to force it up, with the downspout and it wasn't moving. So because I lifted the gutter up, I could fit all underneath there. And, and, and you could see the, you've been there in those moments, right? Where you're trying a task forever. You've been at this forever. Like a puzzle. You ever been staring at a puzzle when you're trying to put the pieces in? And you've been staring at that stinking thing forever. And someone just walking by picks up the piece and puts it right where you wanted to put it. And you're like, why didn't I see that? I mean, perspective. Talk about difference in perspective. I was blessed uh, before I came here. I had a friend who worked for the airline so we could do some traveling together. So we went to Hawaii together. Um, and we, he and I, while we were there, we, we did the normal stuff, but we also went to Pearl Harbor. I mean, I'm thinking of perspective. Okay, Hawaii is probably closer to Japan than it is the mainland United States. 
So I walk into Pearl Harbor, you know, the, the, the place where the USS Arizona, all the ships got bombed, what caused the United States to get involved in World War II. And there's this amphitheater. And I think Tom Brokaw, he made a living on the news, but he made a living making films for national monuments. You go up to the Mount Rushmore and he does the video. Anyway, we're sitting in this theater and they're doing a recount of Pearl Harbor and what happened. The, the kamikaze missions and everything else. And I look around the room and I'm thinking, I'm a minority here. Like this day that's being presented as a terrible moment in history, for, most, for, for the Americans, for most of these people, it's probably one of the greatest military victories that they've ever experienced. You know what I mean? It'd be like me going to like Nagasaki or, or, or uh, one of the places where the hydrogen bomb went off and sitting down with a bunch of them and watching the account. Do you see how different it is based on my perspective, based upon what I've learned, based upon where I've been raised? I mean, for Japan, Pearl Harbor, it's probably, I mean, I, I walked out of there thinking, man, I wonder, I mean, I wanted to punch them, you know what I mean? But still, I mean, I wonder what goes through their minds as they hear the American side of the story. They're the villains. They're the evil ones. They're the, the tyranny that, that, that awoke the, the sleeping giant. For me, you know, that's what I'm coming... For them, this was like great. And, and so how the way we've been or the way we've always lived, it, it just defines some kind of perspective or lens that we're seeing everything through. I talked about a puzzle or I talked about those seldom occasions where my wife's way is better than mine, that aha moment where something that was not seen is now seen. I want to focus on what's not seen being seen today. Pam sang a song and we we just went through this song about about how he loves us. And, and there's something about when we see how much he loves us that changes. She talked about the circumstance, the regrets. It changes our lives when we can start to see maybe what we hadn't seen. We all lived in a time where we didn't recognize the love of God. We didn't recognize how much he loved us. We've all been there in a place where we didn't know if God was was available to us or not, and we wrestled with if God loves me or whatever else, but, but God's demonstrated His love for us through His Son. And so hopefully because of the love God's demonstrated for us, it can begin to change our perspective. I want to read some scripture and, and, and go through the Word of God just looking at perspective, looking at things that are seen versus, versus what is unseen this morning. I'm going to start in... In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to pray as you turn there. God, we just thank you for this morning and we thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you for your presence, for the assurance that you're here. We thank you for the revelation of your love. We thank you that you've anointed and appointed this entire day. And we pray for us, God, that we can see through your lens this morning. That you help us to look through the lens of love and discover your truth in our lives, God. That you help us to see what we need to discover. I pray for aha moments. Those moments where just things change because we recognize. For me, God, I pray that I would yield myself to you. I pray that your words would come forth, not mine. Your will would be accomplished, not mine. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 7 through 18. It says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It's written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because... We know that the one who raised us, or who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're, wa- outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Verse 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Verse 18, seen versus unseen. The revelation, the understanding moment that I desire that we come to. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You ever had directions where you're like, that just doesn't make sense? What is Paul saying to the church of Corinth here? Focus on what? What is unseen? Now talk about what, what do you mean? How do I look at what I can't see? You're telling me to focus on what is unseen. The greatest parallel in my life. Anyone remember the Magic Eye books, puzzles? Where there was a book... And, and it had a picture with a bunch of squiggly lines. And then they gave you these dumb instructions. They told you to stare at it long enough and you're going to see some picture that you're not seeing. I'm telling you that's a conspiracy of the government. It doesn't work. They're just trying to make you look like a fool, take your picture, and they're going to use it later on in your life. Because their instructions go something like this. They say, pick up the book, put your nose on the front page of the book. I mean, seriously, if I'm going to play a joke on someone, I'm going to tell them to get in a bookstore, pick up a book in the middle of Walmart, put a nose, their nose up to the, to the page of the book. You take the book, you, you, you take the book, they say, away from your face, and they tell you not to focus on the picture, but look through the picture. What are you talking about? It doesn't make sense to me. And something randomly is going to appear. And kids are involved in the conspiracy. Because I'll be standing there looking at the book and, or staring at a poster for like 25 minutes and this little kid comes up and he says, Hey, look, there's a dolphin with a dog and they're playing toss. And I'm like, Ain't nothing on there but a bunch of squiggly lines. What is unseen? I mean, Paul's instruction, it's, he should have wrote a magic eye book because that's what it sounds like. He's telling us to do. Focus on what is unseen. Talk about perspective. Talk about a a, a shift in perspective. Because I think we're really good at focusing on what is seen. 
And that's what I've done since I was this big. I focus on what is seen. I don't, I don't focus on what is unseen. As a kid, as, as children, my kids, if they see us yesterday, we gave Elliot a balloon to keep him quiet. Graham saw that we gave Elliot a balloon, so he had to see one in his hand too. I mean, we focus on what is seen. It's like we're, we're so consumed by, by the reality, and, and it is a reality that is around us, that we become, our, our vision stops with what we can see. We're not looking through where we are and seeing what God is doing or what God has promised, the picture that God has played. We're not seeing the love that God has demonstrated because we can't look through the picture. We can't look through the circumstance. We can't look through the situation. All we see is a bunch of squiggly lines that don't make any sense. And if you're at like me and you continue to look at what you can see, you begin to get frustrated because you don't see the actual intent of what the artist designed. Does that make sense? I know I don't think I took a breath for the last five minutes, but hopefully we all tracked at where I'm at. I mean, the, the, the person who made that magic eye didn't make it so you would see the squiggly lines or the repeated picture. They made it so you could see what was behind. Sometimes we need a perspective shift because God, we're living in what we can see and we're consumed by what we can see. But I can promise you, God has something that, that, that He wants to reveal to you if you can just look through the temporary. He talks about the temporary. What is seen is only temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. I'm clothed with mortality, right? Everything around us will die. The plants, our families, the trees. If I stop taking care of my house, it's going to die, right? I mean, we're clothed with mortality. We see mortality everywhere. We're defined by it everywhere. And God is saying, stop focusing on the mortality and, or what is seen but on the temporary, but start focusing on the eternal or that which is not seen. I love this. I'm going to work backwards today because sometimes that's the way I like. Just perspective. Verse 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving, achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Who wrote that? Paul, right? Paul's the one who wrote this. Now, I want to think about Paul's words here for a second. Because I think it's going to come back to kingdom perspective. Paul wrote, and he called them light and momentary troubles. Okay? So what were Paul's light and momentary troubles? What was Paul talking about when he talked about light in momentary troubles. Yes, persecution is a piece of it. I've got some scripture that, that, that shows us what, what Paul may have been talking about. Light and momentary troubles. He says in, in, earlier in this verse, man, I got my, my thing going. Just go up there because I'm going crazy on my iPad right now. 
We're hard-pressed on every side. No, go back to that one. Paul's light and momentary troubles. I want you to see this. We're hard-pressed on every side. We're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted. We're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. What are his light and momentary troubles in this scripture? Hard-pressed on every side. That's a light and momentary trouble. Uh, we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We're not in despair. We're persecuted. We've been struck down. We've been given over to death for Jesus' sake. These are light and momentary troubles. Just keep going to the next verse. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul talking about his light and momentary, momentary troubles. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We're in rags. We're brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we're cursed, we bless. And when we're persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We've become, we become what? The scum of the earth. The garbage of the world. Right up to this moment. I mean, these sound like light. I mean, when I think of light and momentary troubles, we like ran out of eggs. You know what I mean? Light and momentary troubles, like the internet went down. Paul's talking about light and moment. He's defining being hungry and thirsty, being in rags, being brutally treated, being homeless, being considered the scum of the earth. How many of you think that's a light problem, a momentary problem? Most of us need counseling if we're considered the scum of the earth. Paul's talking about his light and momentary troubles. Go to the next one. He says, five times I re- received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. He's in danger. You get it? I've labored and toiled. I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I have been cold and naked. How many times would we look at what Paul's defined as, as light and momentary troubles? I'm hungry. There's a problem. I get angry. I'm just hungry a little bit. I'm not hungry, hungry. Someone says something about me, I don't like it. Man, I get all worked up. Ruins my day, ruins my week. Car won't start. Boy, I mean, whatever. It, I mean, Paul's talking about persecution. He's talking about being hated. He's talking about his reputation. He's talking about his physical conditions without home. He was beaten with a whip. That's what he's saying. The fo- 39 with 40 lashes minus 1. 40 minus 1. It's 39. 39 times 5 is 195, I believe. But don't, don't check me on that right now. I'm doing that off the top of my head. 195 times he was slapped with a whip. Boy, you pulled the belt off and I'm persecuted. 
How can Paul talk about light and momentary troubles such as these? I mean, these are life-changing, earth-shattering struggles for, for many of us. What is he doing? Paul is not focused on what is seen. Yes, he knows what he's seeing. He knows what the temporary reality is. But his focus, his heart, has to be looking at what is not seen. He has to be focused upon what God is, is promising, about what God will do. In order to consider that light and, and momentary things... He had eternal perspective because he knew who God was. Romans chapter 8, Paul's words again. He says, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. How he loves us. How he loves us. In all these things, we're more than conquerors because of how he loves us. Through him who loved us, for I'm convinced, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor nothing else or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He loves us. I will tell you, what you see is temporary, but his love for you is eternal. He loves us. There is nothing, there is no thing that can change His love for you. He loves us. So how do I get through my life and momentary troubles? I start thinking about the way He loves us. His love is eternal. We get so consumed with the momentary, with the temporary, with the afflictions, with the persecutions, with the troubles, with the trials, that we don't think about the way that God loves us. Let me tell you, His love isn't changing. He loves you. He promises what Paul wrote in the book of Romans. There's nothing that can separate you from that love. He loves you. He desires you to live in that love. He desires you to see that picture in your life. That when you're facing troubles, when you're facing trials, when you're facing circumstance, that yes, it's going on, but there's something There's an anchor. There's something that I can hold on to. He loves you. He loves you. The enemy will highlight in your trials. The enemy will highlight in your circumstance. The enemy will illuminate the temporary. He's the God of this age. He's the God of this world is what Scripture says. He's going to emphasize the temporary. He's going to illuminate the temporary to try to distract you from the eternal. As believers in Jesus Christ, I'm living in this world, but I'm also living in eternity. My focus is not on the circumstance of day to day, but my focus is on who I am in Christ Jesus. My focus is on the promise of His love. My focus is on the picture that He's painted for my 
eternity. This will pass. But his love won't change. Perspective. Eternity. Irene, I'm going to skip that next scripture. I might come back to it. What do I know? John chapter 16 is where I want to be, Irene. So you're going to have to jump ahead. Eternal perspective. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. He's warned us about these things that you may have peace. Because he says, in this world, what is, what is God's word? This is Jesus talking here. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Let me tell you, in this temporary, you will have trials. You will go through circumstance. You will go through situations. You may be persecuted as believers in Christ. We should expect to be persecuted. He said they'll persecute you more than they persecuted me, right? I mean, we should expect. But so many times when the troubles come or when the trials come or the persecution comes, we start to lose sight of who God is. And we let the troubles, the temporary, define who we are. I'm not defined by my troubles. Why? Because he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. He has overcome the temporary that you're going through. Yeah, I don't know how long this trial may last. I don't know how, how much Paul thought he would endure. I mean, I mean, I don't know that Paul thought that his, his life, his temporary life, would end in death for his faith. But he knew who God was. We have victory. We look so intently at the 80, 100, 120, 140 years God gives us. Right, Rowling? What does that look like? in the context of eternity. I don't even think it's this. I mean, I hear you, Phyllis. That's, we're so consumed by, by this little peace, by this, these few moments, we lose sight of the fullness of eternity. Paul says it doesn't matter. You persecute me, you throw me in jail. This is only going to be a snap. Compared to the glory that I will live in with eternity with my Savior. You spit at me. You take my clothes. You throw rocks at me. You beat me with the whip. It doesn't matter because my God has overcome this world. And I will be victorious. Let me tell you, a believer does not lose their battle to cancer. Because we win. Amen? We're victorious. That's who we are. We're not defined by our trials. We're victorious people. For everyone, it says. Luke chapter 6. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Who is everyone? Are you everyone? Well, I guess if you're born of God. Are you born of God? 
than your everyone. What does Scripture tell you? You have overcome the world. You do overcome the world. You have victory over the trials. You have victory over the situation. You have victory over the circumstance. We are victorious because of what Jesus Christ did. Because of the cross. 1 Corinthians says the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is law. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves us. He loves us. You need to come up there. He loves us. How do I know He loves us? Scripture says God loved the world so much He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Why? So that we could overcome the world. That none of us would, would be determined, that none of our, 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 our eternities would be determined by the temporary. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, that those who believe would have everlasting life. We would not perish. We would not be defined. God has, has demonstrated His love for you. That's the eternal love that He has, that sometimes we lose sight of, that sometimes because of where we're at, we need to be reminded of. This morning is, is Communion Sunday. This morning is a day that, that God designed because I believe He knew we would need these perspective moments. Maybe this day, maybe this morning, maybe uh, all this, but that even during worship, is, as we sang the first time, we were so consumed by the temporary. I would like Tim to sing that chorus to go through that chorus or the, the first the first verse. As we prepare for communion, he says, do this in remembrance of me. It's a perspective opportunity for us. Don't think about what's going on. Don't think about what you've been seeing all week. Don't think about what you have to do later this afternoon. Don't think about the problems that may arise or the situations that are going on. But today, focus on what is not seen. I'm going to tell you, look through your picture. Look through your circumstance. Look through what you've been facing. Look through the situations, the responsibilities, the objectives, the things that need to be done, the to-do list, the trials, the circumstances. Look through it. I'm going to tell you that's temporary. Whatever you've been consumed with, it's temporary. Look through that. As you look through, start looking at Him. Start looking at His Son, Jesus Christ. Start looking at the demonstration of God's love 
for your life. Start seeing how much God loves you. Start seeing the fullness of His love that He's poured out for you. Start seeing the promise that He has for your life. Start holding on to the promise that, no, I am not defeated. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Start thinking of of the reality that how great is the love that the Father has lavished on you. He's poured out His love on your life. The enemy might say, no, He doesn't love you. God says, I love you so much. I've called you my very own. That's what God desires. That's why we have communion. Focus on His love. Participate in this reminder, you guys can pass that. That that all of a sudden, I love that. Since I've been consumed by the afflictions or whatever else, but all of a sudden, I realized how great your love was for me. I pray that it's an aha moment. You might say, Pastor, you keep saying, look through and see. How do I do that? Scripture's clear. It says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. We start to realize. We start to see. We start to recognize because of the confession and belief. Suddenly we're not seeing the sin. Suddenly we're not seeing the regret. But we're transformed and and we're seeing the fullness of His love. All of a sudden, All of us. Some of us, we might already say, I know God's love. This is, you know what? I remember a moment in my life. My wedding day. I knew my my fiance, my soon-to-be bride loved me. We were old-fashioned. I got trapped in the bathroom on my wedding day because my wife, was in the sanctuary and the bathroom was attached to the sanctuary. I'm stuck in the bathroom for 40 minutes on my wedding day. Because I didn't want to see her. I knew my wife loved me. 
I believe there's some here. We know God loves us. But I will tell you, in that moment, when they opened the door, in that moment when my bride came down the aisle, there was, there was something that happened to me. I cried. It wasn't that I didn't know she loved me, but in that moment, the fullness of her love was being revealed to me. I pray that moment as we participate in communion that, that, yeah, we may have seen each other, we may have talked to each other, we may know God loves us, we may have heard this before, but that God reveals His love, that He shows Himself in such a way that, man, it's just God loves me. How encouraging is that eternity? How great is that perspective? He loves you. Who is He? The one who made it all. The one who spoke everything into existence. The Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He he loves you. He loves you. This, this morning we hold the, the fullness of your love in our hands the reminder of the fullness of love I have a ring on my hand to remind me of the love that my wife and I share I hold in my hands representative of the body and blood of, of Jesus Christ the fullness of your demonstration of your love for us I say thank you. Thank you for sending your very best for me. Thank you for sending your son that I might become your son.
that I might catch a glimpse of that which is unseen. Scripture says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he said, when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. This is for you. He said, This is this is for you. Don't hear a, a plural you this morning, but hear God saying to you this day, I love you so much. This is my body. It's for you. God, thank you for your body. Thank you for the body of Jesus Christ that was broken, that I might have life and have it to the full. That though I face troubles in this world, I take heart because you have overcome this world, so therefore I am victorious. I receive that promise. Let us partake. This in the same in the same way after supper, he took a cup. And he said, This this cup, it's the new covenant, it's a new promise in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread, you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Through his death I have eternity. Through his death I'm a I'm victorious. Through his death. fullness of your love. God, I thank you for the promise. I thank you for the promise that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the promise that an atonement, that a price for my sin was paid. I thank you for the promise that my sin is forgiven. I thank you for the promise that my sin, the temporary, no longer determines my eternity because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The promise I hold in my hand. By drinking, I receive the fullness of your promise. The fullness of what's available in the new covenant. Let us partake. I'll have Tim lead us in that chorus again. I encourage you to sing to God. Sing about his love for you.
loves us. Amen. He loves you. Amen. No matter what you face, he loves you. There's one truth that will not change your trial, your circumstance. He loves us. Remind yourself this week of what is maybe unseen. Remind yourself to look through the situation and circumstance and see all that He has. Remind yourself that you are victorious in Jesus Christ. Remind yourself He's overcome all this stuff. Remind yourself He's prepared a place for you. You get to be with Him for eternity. These light and momentary troubles will cease. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. Uh, But may you remind yourself this week of, of God's love.